The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are back with an Ask Me Anything on air. It's AMA. Happy Friday. Congratulations on making it through another week. It's the weekend. Pat yourselves on the back. You guys are doing great. I'm super proud of you. I'm not quite sure where I will be by the time this episode drops. I think I might even be in Croatia, maybe. I'm very excited and I hope you're following along with my trip. But today's show, as usual, is going to be a question and answer one where you guys ask your questions every Monday on my Instagram. I give you my hot take. It's not a replacement for professional mental health help. And if you do need that, please check the show notes. But guys, let's get right into it. Question number one, do you have any suggestions on how to switch off from work on your days off slash after work? And yes, I have many tips. And do I do this myself? No. Well, okay, I'm trying, all right? I'm trying to get better at this, but I am always going to encourage you and share things with you that I think are what we should aim for. Sometimes we can't always do that, but if we try to aim for that, that's still better than not trying at all. And the reason that I am wanting to try and do this for myself or encourage you guys is because work-life balance is so important and life is firstly too short. There's no need for us to work ourselves into the ground or stress ourselves out so much over our jobs and do things that are unsustainable. I think for our health, especially like our mental and emotional health, even our physical health, it's really important to prevent burnout or going down that path. And so having some ways or tactics that you can actually unwind and switch off are going to be really helpful. Firstly, I would suggest having a very clear end of work routine. Now, this is going to be different for everybody considering your line of work, considering whether you work in the office, considering if you work from home or even what you do for your job. But after a day at work, what can you do to physically signify that this day is over or that your work day is done? For me, what I like to do is I obviously work from home and work for myself, but I tidy up my space. I physically close the laptop lid. I will, yeah, put my chair back in. I'll make sure that everything's ready to go for the next day. I also have a running just on my desktop, a running like notepad, which has all my tasks on it. And so what I do before I wrap up for the day is I write down or I change the tasks for tomorrow. And I like to do this so that my brain already knows, okay, this is what I have to come in tomorrow and do. And I know that I have to do that. There's no point in me stressing tonight about it or tomorrow because it's already written down and I'm ready to go. When I used to work corporate, I would obviously come home and I would actually get out of the clothes that I was in and I would have a shower. I would maybe take Franklin around the block. I would try to do something physical to really just engage and show my body and show my mind that I was not in work mode anymore. Secondly, it's really important that you have some boundaries and that you actually enforce them. Now, obviously, this is different again, depending on what we do for work, depending on what kind of field or industry we're in. But this is sticking to your boundaries for yourself and sticking to your boundaries with your employers and your colleagues. Now, what I used to do is try to stick to my work hours 
I didn't really do that too well when I worked corporate and I definitely don't do that (laughs) too well now, but it means not checking your work phone after hours. It means not checking your emails after hours. It means not taking calls after hours. It means taking your lunch break and actually moving away from your desk, maybe going outside and having that break. And these boundaries are there to protect you from being burnt out. These boundaries are there for your longevity in whatever it is that you're doing. So make sure that you do actually enforce them. I had a colleague and I don't know if he'll listen to this podcast, but back in my corporate days, I had a colleague who it was a long weekend. And I remember, I think it was maybe, I don't know, it was a weekend, a long weekend, maybe in April or maybe even in March, maybe Labor Day weekend. I can't remember. And I know that I was with my family. And at that time I had my personal phone and I also had a company phone and I was in a very bad habit of taking them both with me all the time. So I would have my work phone and my company phone, even like on a Saturday, right? Or a Sunday. And it was a Sunday and I was with my family. I think I was at one of my grandparents' houses and my work phone was going fucking wild. I was getting email after email after email after email. I was like, what the hell? So I put it on silent. And by the end of the day, I checked and I had 150 emails on a Sunday. And I was like, what the hell? Come Monday or Tuesday, whenever it was that we were back at work, I said to him, I was like, I was with my family trying to enjoy my weekend and you were sending me all these unnecessary emails and they were unnecessary. They were about things that definitely could have waited for a work day. It wasn't anything urgent. And he's like, well, I wasn't doing anything. So I thought I'd just get ahead. And I was like, I can't, like, please don't do that to me. I I know I need to not check it and I probably shouldn't have had my phone on me, but I did not enjoy that at all. And so he never did it again. (laughs) And it's okay for you to assert that and actually stand up for yourself because sometimes there's only so much that you can do. And sometimes you might be triggered by other people, whether it's colleagues or your boss. It's okay to communicate when things are an issue or when they're impeding on your boundaries. It's also telling yourself that when you're not at work, you don't have to give more of your energy to work, okay? Because other things can take priority outside of work, whether it's your family, your relationship, your friends, your hobbies, whether it's rest. You're allowed to rest. You're allowed to have downtime for you. You're allowed to prioritize other things aside from work, especially when I always talk about, you know, having different facets of our life, having different chapters in the book or different pages in the book. The same thing goes for work. It's not good if we just have work being our sole focus where everything is related to that. It's important to break it up. And then lastly, I would recommend you doing something to achieve a level of relaxation for yourself. Again, very different for us all, depending on what it is that we like to do. But there are so many ways that you can achieve some relaxation, whether it's after work or before your day off so that you can start your day off on a high or in a positive note. But maybe it's your favorite playlist or podcast on the way home. Maybe you're commuting, maybe you're driving, maybe you're making time for your hobby after work, maybe you're starting a book after work, or maybe it's just as simple as doing some breathing exercises or a journal session. And it doesn't have to be a lot. I think even just making time to take like some conscious deep breaths when you get home can make you feel so much better. And the other thing I've been loving, you guys may have seen it. I probably am not doing this while I'm traveling, but ambient showers, they have been magical and something that I wish I started doing a lot sooner. Start to do this and have a bit of a routine and see how you go and build out that pattern of behavior for yourself. I would also love to hear from anyone in the group too. If you have a kind of switch off routine that you would like to share with this listener, come and do that on the post for this episode. Question number two, my partner is talking about getting engaged, but I'm not ready for that. 
help. And there was some crying emojis on this one and a little love heart. And I just want to hug this person who sent this in. I could just feel the pain in the way that it was typed out. And I want you to know that it's okay not to feel ready. And it's okay to be worrying about something like this. It's really normal. And I think in a relationship, Yes, you can have like the same long-term vision. Yes, you can have similar values, but you're not always going to be ready for marriage at the exact same time. And I would argue that it might even be less common that we are on the same page at the same time. So I really hope that you're not feeling guilty for that. I'm going to give you some guidance and hopefully this gives you some clarity for your next steps. Firstly, I recommend you taking some time out to reflect on what it is that you want and sit with it for a little bit and put some time aside. Maybe you want to unpack it in a journal. Maybe you want to unpack it with somebody that you trust. Maybe it's a friend or family member or somebody who knows your situation or knows your relationship. And just ask yourself, what about it or what about the situation is causing you to be uneasy? What about it is making you feel like you're not ready? Is something triggering this for you? Is something influencing this? Are you thinking that you might be ready later? Are you thinking that you might not be ready at all? There are lots of different things that could come up when you sit with it, but I think unless you allow the space, how will you know what's coming up? Like you have to give it airtime. I always say we have to give it oxygen. Allow whatever it is to come up without judgment, with self-compassion always, more just so you can be curious about where this thought is coming from because you didn't tell me why you're not ready and I wish you gave me more context, but... Yeah, sit with it so that you can get that context for yourself. As I said, it is important to work out before you have this conversation with your partner if this is a not ready right now or if this is a not ready ever. And the reason I say that is because you do need to have a conversation. You probably need to address it. And communication is a savior. We love communication. We love speaking about things on this podcast. But Talk to your partner and have a conversation about this. And when you do have this conversation, obviously making sure that you're navigating it with so much care and gentleness and softness because it's obviously going to be a heightened conversation where emotions are running high. And in this conversation, I would also love for you, and you might have to have multiple conversations about it as well, let's be real, but you should ask them what their expectations of marriage are. Ask them why they want to get married. Ask them how they feel about you not being ready. And with this conversation, it's really important to let them communicate how they feel as well. I think relationships are always about you both trying to have your needs met. And while, yes, you might not be ready, your partner being ready is a big part of that too. So communicating both how you feel, allowing them that same chance, and hopefully they're allowing you that same chance. And in that, you will hopefully be able to explain your reasons for why you're not feeling ready and share some of the worries that you may have. Now, they may be able to give you some reassurance or they may be able to talk to some of those worries and maybe make you feel a little bit better about it. I actually would recommend and I hope that neither of you are kind of forcing your way on the other partner. It's more just a chance for you to lay everything out on the table. As I said, it's really important that you're honest here. And it's really important that you don't make any promises about the future, especially if you are still confused or still unsure. Obviously, side note, if you know that you're not going to be ready ever and that this has kind of shown you that this is not the right relationship and you don't want this, then obviously the conversation is going to be different. 
definitely don't overcommit and maybe plan a different time to have a different type of conversation. I think that's another question that if you want to ask another question to come back on the potty, I'm happy for you to do that. But I'm going to take this as you might want it down the track. So I'm going to say it's okay to be unsure right now. Just because you're unsure now doesn't always mean that you're unsure forever. I think even for me, the thought of marriage is low-key terrifying. It's a huge commitment. I don't think anyone should rush into it. Take your time when you are deciding to do something like this. But just be really mindful that while you're having this conversation, take care with your partner. Hopefully they're taking care with you. And reaffirm to them that just because you're not ready now doesn't mean that you'll not be ready ever. I think you also need to be prepared for a couple of things, okay? Your partner may want to revisit this conversation with you and may want a timeline from you. Well, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's fair. I think it is fair to potentially revisit the conversation, say, in six months or 12 months and really have that time frame where you have more time to think about it and maybe assess or analyze what it is that you want moving forward. Your partner may also get upset because it may trigger feelings for them that, yeah, it can be almost like borderline, a little bit rejecting make them feel sad, make them feel lots of uncomfortable emotions. And your partner may then also start to question their relationship and may see it as a bad thing too. So just keep this in mind that these are things that may happen when you bring it up. Obviously, in a perfect world, after this conversation, you guys are able to see that it will take a bit of time to get on the same page and that's okay. And you're happy to give the relationship that time and space and figure out if you can see that future or your values aligning down the track. And so my last bit of advice is take your time with this. You don't have to go and have the conversation tomorrow. Okay. I think if your partner's just mentioning it here and there, you can take some time to think about it before you bring it up. Yeah. I think allow the time, allow the space. And hopefully if your partner and you have this conversation and it goes well, you can allow that time and space and then hopefully get there down the track. I will also Lastly, just point out that throughout this whole entire process, I hope that you guys are able to be respectful and understanding towards each other. And I hope your partner can give you that back as well, because I believe even how the conversation is had is also really important and key too. But I am sending you so much love. It's a really difficult thing to navigate and I know you'll get through it. Again, if anyone wants to come and share, if they've got a similar story in the Facebook group, you're welcome to do that as well. And then our last question, because I am running out of time, but it is a long one. Hi Adele, it's a bit of a long one, but I have been wanting to ask you this for a while. I moved out with my best friend and her older sister nearly a year ago. They were raised in a very close family and I am the opposite. I'm quite a private person and I like my alone time. My bestie has become very dependent on me and I'm finding it hard to have privacy and do things alone or with other people without her feeling upset. We have had a couple of conversations about it, but it's now getting to the point that I'm avoiding doing things I want to do because I'm afraid she will get upset. I would love any help. And I'm so sorry that you were experiencing something like this. I can't imagine how difficult it will be navigating this setup because I've spoken about it many times, but I feel like your place of residence or your home is meant to be a safe space. You're meant to feel good. You're meant to feel relaxed. You're meant to feel safe there. And I can see with your question, you're carrying a bit of guilt towards your best friend, but also your sacrificing what you really want, which is a very dangerous game to play. And so 
I'm going to give you some guidance. Obviously, I'm sure there's lots of context that you have for me that I'm not going to get, but I think that this may help. And the first thing I want to suggest is to have another conversation with your friend and actually setting some time aside where you both can kind of prepare for this conversation and you both know that this conversation is like a really significant kind of like a line in the sand, right? Because you may have had conversations in the past, but they obviously haven't been successful because you're still tiptoeing around or not doing things because you're scared to hurt her. And so I want this conversation to be different. I want this conversation to be, yeah, the line in the sand where there's actually a change in behavior and a, a pathway forward, basically. So have the conversation. When you're having the conversation, make sure that you are keeping it calm. Make sure that you are using lots of I statements and I'll give you some examples of what you can say. But ultimately, what you need to do in this conversation is let your friend know that you value the friendship, but at the same time, you need space and you need alone time. Both things can be true. It doesn't make you a bad friend because you need space and alone time. You can still really value your friendship, but you can also need some time out for you. There is nothing wrong with that. And so with the conversation, I'm going to give you an example. When I say use I statements, what I mean is we could have two possible statements, right? The first one is you are too dependent on me. I would not recommend you saying that. Instead, I would recommend you saying, I feel overwhelmed when I don't have enough alone time. See how that sounds different and that lands a little bit better? Obviously, I don't want to put words into your mouth, but take some time before you have the conversation to think about how you can articulate this because I'm sure your bestie would feel, I would feel terrible if I was in your shoes or if I was in your bestie's shoes and my friend came to me and said, I feel overwhelmed, Adele, when I don't have enough alone time and I feel like I can't get that. I would be devastated. I'm sure your friend does not want to put you in that position. And so I think maybe changing the language in the way the conversation is being had. The other thing as well, while you're having the conversation is to heavily emphasize how important independence is. So this will need to come from you, but it is really kind of softly, but firmly explaining that it's important for you both. Independence is important for you because it means a lot. It's it's something that you value, but it's also important to your friend because She needs to be independent. She needs to have things that she enjoys by herself or hobbies or other friends outside of your friendship as well. Having personal space and time apart is healthy and it's necessary for any friendship. And I think this probably goes to another thing about living with your besties. We can talk about that at the end, but I don't know if that's always a good idea because it can change the dynamic of the friendship in ways like this or in sometimes even more negative ways. But explaining to your friend that it's really important that you do have the independence because it allows both of you to maintain your individual interests and have your own identities and have your own hobbies and have your own things for yourself. And that just helps you grow as individuals. Boundaries, again, that's my next tip. Boundaries we've spoken about twice today, but implement them. Be very clear and be very assertive. I think you do have to lean into some assertiveness. I know that might not come naturally to you, especially because you sound very empathetic. You sound worried about upsetting her and I understand that, but you have to be firm. Go back and listen to my episode. It's called Asking for What You Want. I can't remember the number, but be firm about boundaries. Set some time aside for yourself. Set some time aside for her too so she knows that you'll be able to see her or spend time with her, dedicated time with her, but still carve out more time for yourself so that you can start to change that behavior. Be firm 
And don't feel guilty for asking for what you want. I think the behavior is not going to change unless you do this. And I know it's a bit tough love for me, but you need to be assertive to get your point across because so far it hasn't worked. You've had the conversation and it's still the same pattern is still repeating. Don't feel guilty. You're not a bad friend for wanting time for yourself. You're not a bad friend for worrying about your own well-being. It's important for you and I can see that your behavior is going down an unhelpful path. And so prioritize yourself, prioritize your well-being and assert your need for independence and privacy. And then the last thing I'll say is take a look at if this situation is really serving you and the life that you want to live. Because if it continues to be a bit problematic or if you can't continue to live in the way that you want to live, then maybe the current living arrangement is not the best one and maybe something needs to change there. And so it might be a good idea to assess a different living arrangement or one that provides you with more personal space and more peace because life is too short to live somewhere like that when you're not living authentically or not living how you genuinely want to live. But good luck. I hope that you can find some peace. If you need to submit another question, please feel free. You guys know I'm away at the moment. You're always welcome to DM the podcast Instagram page. I will get back to recording episodes in live time when I'm back in Australia. But we're going to wrap the show here. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave us a review on Apple. Leave us a rating on Spotify. Tag us in your story while you're listening. And join the Facebook group if you haven't already. I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.